This is Food First Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. The 2020 Census is a critical mechanism for ensuring that no community's needs or voices are overlooked. Unfortunately, those with the most to lose from an undercount are the hardest to count, including communities of color, immigrants, the homeless, and those traditionally served by nonprofits. The risk of an undercount is not limited to urban communities. Many of the hardest-to-count individuals live in rural areas where there has been a significant shift in the demographics that may be misrepresented in the 2020 census count. Accurate census data is also essential for the fair distribution of political representation at the national, state, and local levels. Census data is used to reapportion the 435 United States House of Representatives seats among the states and to draw legislative districts within the state. Based on the 2020 census, Michigan may lose a congressional seat, resulting in a decrease in the number of seats held by Michigan in the Electoral College. A fair and accurate count in Census 2020 is vital for Michigan. Researchers estimate that for every person not counted, communities will lose about $1,800 per year in federal funds. An inaccurate 2020 census can lead to more than a decade of underrepresentation and underinvestment in communities that may have been historically undercounted. In Michigan, 10.8% of the population under the age of five years old lives in hard to count communities. Here to help us understand the importance of the 2020 census is our friend colleague and exceptional leader, the CEO and president of the Michigan Nonprofit Association, Donna Murray Brown. Jerry Brisson and Donna join me in just a moment here on this edition of Food First Michigan. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight here in the studio with Jerry Brisson. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Doctor. Very nice to see you. Very important day for me today. You know why? I want to know. Because it was uh, just two years ago on this day that I realized something very important, and that is socks are the new tie. Ah, uh, and it was two years ago today, and you remember that why? Because it came up on my Facebook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Somebody bought me a subscription to like uh, Soul Socks or Stance Socks or something like that, and um, it popped up on my timeline. And so I'm, it's true. I mean, you know, my sock collection is, you know, definitive. Well, there's no question about it. And I, I only wish that our audience could see your socks to appreciate their beauty. Yeah, there you go. Well, appreciating the beauty of my socks in the studio, as promised, is Donna Marie Brown, the president and CEO for the Michigan Nonprofit Association. And uh, I say one of our colleagues, but definitely one of our best, best friends. Donna, thanks for being back. Good morning. Good morning to both of you. It's great to be here. Now, my socks are not killing. They're killing, are Yeah, they? I, 
I actually love your socks. Those Thank are you. amazing. And I do agree that socks are the new tie. They are the new That's tie. Right. right? Yeah. See, you heard it right here. I do. It means I got to polish my shoes, though. Yeah, you're going to have. You, you, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, you have stepped up your sock game a bit. A I mean, the Argyles bit, you know, are there. and That's right. That's just gotta, right. I, you know, I'm never going to keep up, Doctor, but I at least don't want to embarrass well, you. Well, we, we, want, we want you to go the next level, and th- we want that level to be up and not down. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to keep moving. So, Donna, you're back here with us. And um, it was, uh, we were talking before we started the show, two and a half years ago that you were one of our first guests on then, the, co- the show was called Food for Thought. But now we're called Food First. Food First Michigan. Great, great. You know, I thought I was going to be the important thing that you remembered for two years when you said that. Well, it was two uh, and a half for you. Two and a half for me. Okay, so I'm competing with socks now. Right, That's okay. Right, right. That's all right. But At least I'm in the competition. They are the right? new tie. At least I'm so. in the competition. Well, you're winning today. I'm winning today. Let's, as much as I like Phil Socks, Donna, <laughs> you are way ahead. Yeah. Way ahead. Oh, Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it's great to be here. Well, yeah. thanks. You know, um, of course, we work pretty closely together, and uh, I have the opportunity to serve as a, one of the members of your board at MNA, yes. Michigan Nonprofit Association. But it goes much deeper than that, and I think that you have uh, a unique ability to be able to identify with our mission of food security. Mm-hmm. And um, and as you were here two and a half years ago, you shared a little bit about that during a segment of your growing up years here in Detroit. So reintroduce yourself to the audience and maybe tell a little bit of that story as well. Sure, I'd be happy to. And and thank you for remembering. Um, that was a pretty vulnerable time in my life. And uh, as you mentioned, we're friends. So I was able to share that and felt really comfortable sharing that with you. So I am uh, President and CEO of Michigan Nonprofit Association. I'm also a native Detroiter and uh, grew up right on the west side of Detroit. That's important. Any Detroiter knows that it's yes, west side, it's east side. I'm on the west side. Okay. And uh, I went to uh, public schools uh, initially. Um, I went to Catholic schools, and then I ended up at Cass Tech, which was the number one high school, I might add, too. Um, well, there you go. You know, it rivals a, a lot of the high schools um, in, in Detroit. Oh, But, you know, growing up in Detroit um, and with my father, who's now passed, um, actually— um, just recently, uh, he was a bus driver for the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother was, at that time, growing up, early on was a licensed registered, um, uh, licensed practical nurse, excuse me. And we didn't know we didn't have money. I mean, we had a lot of fun at right. our house. We had, uh, you know, a lot of great things happening. It was four, um, four of us, four siblings total. And it was just a, a wonderful, wonderful moment. But there were times where, uh, you know, they weren't high wage earners. Uh, mm-hmm. And so there were times when we needed to get assistance. And for me, that was going to Focus Hope. So I went to Focus Hope, and that's where we were able to get a lot of our food. And it mm-hmm. came through a program that they had with the federal government. Now, what was a little bit uh, tricky for me in, in growing up and really had me, I guess, really have empathy for uh, for kids who are Um, ones that live in families that need food assistance. At that time, when you needed food assistance and you went to pick up your groceries, they weren't the name brands. These were Mm. federal government, um, you know, tomatoes in a can or whatever it was with the word boldly on that with, you know, black letters and stripes on it. So you you knew that's what you had. And so for me, you know, I didn't have sleepovers at my house Mm. early on uh, because I didn't want anybody going in my cupboards. right? Right. And I didn't want anyone to know. Sure. And and so it was one of those 
those things that really um, I remember uh, in my childhood, just the, the stigma that I thought that I had, that we had this different food that no one else had. We didn't have these name brands and things that we saw advertised on television. We just didn't get those. Right. right. And even fast food for right. me, I still have not in my entire life had a quarter pounder. I don't eat meat now, but right. it was such an expensive burger. Well, you could probably have one of those. In a, right. Yeah. right. You could probably have one of those and still not eat meat. Right. You're probably right. <laughs> so, you know, food is a is a really important thing, obviously, um, to to anyone. Um, but as a child, um, when I think about uh, how some children at one point when I was working on an advisory council, we were trying to get children to eat. They weren't eating because they were clearly identified as those in children that needed food. And right. I remembered that. Like, I remembered how I didn't want anyone to know that we were getting this food. So I can imagine going to school and having to wear a wristband or something that clearly identified you as right. someone needing food that that would make you not want to do that. So, you know, I. You make an excellent point, and thank you for sharing, you know, a, a deep part of your own life. Um, but, you know, we have this idea that people shouldn't need help, you know, and we really do. And there's a there's a pride thing there that's probably a good thing, you know, and some of what motivates us to be who we are is the idea that we want to be self-sufficient and that we're, we really take a lot of pride in that. Mm-hmm. But it, it does lead to the the opposite effect in some cases, which is keeping people from getting help, that if they got help when they needed it, they would be much more likely not to need help later. Mm. And it's one of the most important things that we talk about, because while we know the value of self-sufficiency and we all want to get there, Mm -hmm. stigmatizing people who need help is actually not getting us to self-sufficiency in the way that we should. So I just want to make that point because Mm -hmm. how you feel is how most people feel. And we have found forever, really, that people wait too long to get help. And waiting too long does not only not help them, but it really doesn't help our community. So really important message. Well, we want to make sure that people have the help they need and they get it through dignified means. That's right. We want to, we want it to be, we want to lift people up. We never want to push people down. She's Donna Murray Brown. She's the CEO and president for the Michigan Nonprofit Association. She's our guest. And we're going to talk about the 2020 census when we come back. And maybe some of this upbringing is one of the great drivers in Donna's passion to make sure that everybody gets counted. You come back and be with Donna Murray Brown, Jerry Brisson, and me, Dr. Phil Knight, here in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight, Jerry Brisson, and Donna Murray Brown, the CEO and president for the Michigan Nonprofit Association. Donna, thanks for sharing with us in that first segment. And um, I do think that when we go through, you know, life shapes us all, right? And and uh, now here you are as the CEO and president of the Michigan Nonprofit Association. And uh, uh, just like our co-host, esteemed co-host, a, 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 a being recognized and receiving awards here in the last few weeks and months is uh, named to top. Tell me about that. The name to oh, the top gosh. 50. Uh, the top 50 most influential nonprofit leaders right. in the country. 
Right. Wow, that's I'm still trying to process that. And that's that's yeah. not the first time that's come to you either, mm-hmm. right? No, this is the second time. The first right. time was completely surreal. The second time is like I guess they really met me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really I'm really trying to 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 process that, but I am uh really humbled because the work that I do is there are a ton of people um like yourself who help get work done and so I'm just um really excited really excited being from Michigan and the only one from Michigan so I feel like I'm representing in that way. Well, we congratulate you and obviously we're huge fans, you know that, <laughs> and um very proud of the work you're doing. Tell us a little bit about this new initiative mm-hmm. with the census and why it's so important and why m a is taking such a prominent leadership role. Sure. So census 2020 is coming faster than we know it. It'll be here next year. And I will say at Michigan Nonprofit Association, we had our first foray and being um, a leader in the work in 20, the 2010 census. Right. And the 2010 census, we gathered nonprofit organizations in community uh, because really they had the trust of community and they saw community community differently uh, than maybe any other sector. They didn't see them as commodities. They saw them as resources. They saw them as assets. And and, uh, and so with that lens, community was able to trust them. And so we knew that if nonprofit organizations really talked about the importance of being counted, that they would most likely participate in activity. So we did that in 2010. So fast forward, things have changed quite a bit in the census. One of the things that's very different is now they really want to shift the budget towards modernization, mm-hmm. making things online, right? And right. so there'll be less offices, less people knocking on the doors in community asking for that information. And so in a sense, there'll be less community resources to support that. So we knew that going in. Right. And so we decided that we really wanted, again, build upon our foundation in 2010 and then uh, do this in, in 2020 because we have mem- we're a membership organization. We have lots of partners and we knew that people really would organically want to be a part of this. But then the census became really a big a big item here. Right. Um, there were things that were throw, thrown in that seemed a bit politis- political, like the citizenship question and, and things right. like that. And it just got a lot of attention around the census, more than we really anticipated. But we knew it was always important because there's a, roughly $800 billion of federal resources that goes across wow. the country to support programs like food programs, right? right. Um, and uh, education and things like that. Things that are often um, supported or provided by the nonprofit sector. And then in Michigan, when we think about the federal resources that come to Michigan, it's more than 43 or roughly almost nearly 45 percent, if you will, of federal dollars that come into Michigan. But it's all predicated on how many people are here. Mm. So the the notion of making certain that we understand who is here in the state of Michigan gives us the best opportunity for resources to come. So that's just one aspect of it. The other part of it is that the the census is really about democracy. It's yeah. really about civic participation. And so we at Michigan Nonprofit Association, as well as all of our partners, really believe that that is a person's right. It makes a community be able to thrive and strive when they actually are actively engaged in their own future. And one of the very first steps to do that is being counted yeah. in the census. And so people that typically are count, uh, counted in the census are an active participant in that process. They typically will vote and Mm -hmm. be actively in the process of engaging in their community around volunteerism and service and keeping their community whole and strong. And so this is um, more about how do we keep our community strong, providing resources, but then also having them actively engage in that. One of the other pieces is that 
And one of the things that really speaks to to my heart and why I feel really driven to do this work, because it is our civic responsibility. That's all great. It's very important. But then when you dig deep under there to find out, is everyone getting counted? Then you find out there's these segments of the population that are clearly underrepresented in the census. And guess what? There are communities of color. There are children who are not uh, necessarily counted. They're immigrants. There are people who don't necessarily speak English as a first language. And so when I started kind of peeling back that and really understanding who's not being represented or, i.e., invisible, right, Mm -hmm. but still needing services, I kind of saw myself in that. Right. I kind of saw myself as being one of those um, that was underrepresented, someone that was low wealth, a person of color living in a community that didn't necessarily have lots of resources. I am one of the underrepresented. Right. Right. And so and recognizing why it's important in terms of resources, but also representation of who we need to represent us in the U.S. uh, as U.S. representatives. Those are ways that people can start to really get power. Right. To really be able to change the conditions by which they live. By just that first step, that very first step of first being counted in a being counted. And I know connecting those dots for people is so critical Mm -hmm. because when uh, when people say it's not worth their time or it's not worth the effort to either be counted in the census or to vote. uh, Part of that is a real reflection of what's happening in their life and how they feel. But part of the reason that's happening in their life now is because of not participating in the past, That's right. right? So it's it, now there are a lot of systemic challenges and things that make it tough for people. And so we have to be mindful of that. And we have to be always conscious of not blaming, right? That's right? That we're walking with people, we're not talking at them. And so that's really, really important. But I, but I think what you said is is a critical perspective for everyone to have, that once you start participating in the process, getting counted in the census and voting, you can definitely see your per- perspective and point of view getting a bigger and bigger voice. Absolutely. And that's what we're all about here. And, uh, and so we're just really grateful for how hard you're working to pull people together to say, let's make sure we count everyone. Every policy decision that's made that has anything to do with population is looking at this data. We use it. I know it helps us. When we try to figure out how many food insecure people we have, it helps us understand who they are. It helps us put a face to the people that need help. I mean, mm-hmm. we use the data so that we can get the right food to the right people at the right time. Absolutely. And we're not, and yeah, I mean, we're just one of thousands of organizations that really find this data helpful so they can be providing the appropriate levels of service and support and most, of course, effectively for the U.S. government and the state governments. Well, we've mapped the entire state for food insecurity. That's Mm. a project we call Michigan Mapped. It's on our website at fbcmich.org. And it uses census data to do that. Right. So, uh, I mean, like we can look and say, okay, well, here's a school district. And here's how many kids, according to census data, are on free and reduced lunch, which is a good indicator to see if their family may be on or may qualify for SNAP or other wraparound services. And so it helps us determine our role in the life of that school district and in that community. And so it's absolutely, I mean, resources, 800 billion, that's nothing to sneeze at, right? But then the the implications on democracy with legislative districts and the number of representatives, but then the opportunity to understand that everyone counts, so we should count everyone, and that helps make our community stronger. 
Donna? Yes, if you want uh, information, we have that. So I want to make sure that gets out. Yeah. Be counted. Um, mi2020.com is a place for anyone who wants to get resources around uh, the census and more importantly nonprofit organizations who want to get their communities engaged in that work they can certainly go and get resources and pull them right down and begin building awareness and outreaching right now to their communities what was that website be counted mi2020.com be counted mi2020.com correct all right There you have it, right there. We're back with Donna Murray Brown, the CEO and president of the Michigan Nonprofit Association. In just a minute, come back and join Jerry and I. We'll be right here. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Thanks for listening, everyone. Back here in the studio, WJR Studio, Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here with our guest, Donna Murray Brown, the CEO and president for the Michigan Nonprofit Association. So we talked about the census work, but Michigan Nonprofit Association has been around a lot longer, does a lot more. And thank God that you're giving such great leadership to the census, because as we said in the last segment, everyone counts, and so we should count everyone. But Donna, what about the Michigan Nonprofit Association. Sure. Besides your excellent <laughs> board of directors. Uh, <laughs> Not to mention anyone specifically. Oh, exactly. <laughs> no, no, right, no. Right, right, right. <laughs> So it's funny, in 2020, a big year for census, also a big year for M&A, will be 30 years um, serving oh, Michigan uh, nonprofit organizations. So really excited about that. But we are a membership-based organization, which is fantastic. We have uh, over a 1,000 uh, members that we actually work with, members and partners that we work with. Uh, however, we serve the entire nonprofit sector, which is nearly um, nearly 50,000 nonprofits across, across the state with tools and resources wow. um, that we provide them just to make certain that they are able able to uh, to manage their organization with the right principles and practices for uh, best practice for nonprofit organizations and uh, just to make sure that they have someone to call in case they have uh, any concerns or challenges certainly we are an advocate for nonprofit organizations so if there is any uh, legislation that is not really helping the operating environment to be mm-hmm. healthy for nonprofits we are going to be stepping in there to make sure that we can uh, make sure that you can continue to do your great work as a nonprofit the other thing that I that I want to say that we've been really leaning into uh, for with our organization, and this is because our members and nonprofits at large are really thinking about this, is around diversity, inclusion, and equity. And what I mean by that is really how do we create a diverse pipeline of leaders for Michigan's nonprofit sector? How do we think about creating great workplaces mm-hmm. uh, and that are equitable um, in terms of pay and, and all kinds of aspects in terms of being our best uh, at, at the work that we do? So we're providing those tools yesterday, in fact. We had a wonderful talent strategy summit. We were leaning in talent uh, into the talent strategy and development because we know that there are a lot of nonprofit leaders who are now saying, I am going to retire. I've done right. my great and best work, and I, I want to go out and live the balance of my life. So we are looking at how do we provide support around who are the next leaders for the nonprofit sector, something clearly um, important in terms of workforce um, development. So we're really leaning uh, into that as, as well. And so uh, another thing is leadership itself. And so we know that there are a lot of, and this is board leadership, as well as executive leadership and their teams, and really providing support a- around that. So I can't tell you how many calls I get from leaders 
leaders and even uh, board uh, leaders who just hired their new um, executive director and they're saying, how do I work with that person or vice versa, right? And so everyone wants to do a great job, but they have no one that they can talk to in confidence. They can hold their confidence and really guide them in terms of best, best practices and has the purview uh, around what's happening across the country because we also belong to a national association called the National Council of Nonprofits, where I happen to be the chair. So I get a chance to hear lots of different things that are happening across the country. And I would say one of the other biggest issues or, or not even an issue, but things that are becoming more of a trend is how do nonprofits earn revenue? outside of their traditional ways of doing that. And so we're mm-hmm. looking at business models that nonprofits can glean and use for themselves to be able to really meet their mission and uh, and earn revenue in a way that they haven't thought about before. So those are some, some of the things. That are, there's lots more, but those are the things that are bubbling up to the top in terms of what our members want, what people are talking about across the country as well. Great topics. I mean, all of those are, you know, pretty important to the Food Bank Council and to our network of food banks and how we're looking at ourselves, too. We don't believe that you can solve a problem like food insecurity with charity alone. So that means you have to think differently. You have to think about who wins when the problem is solved. You have to think about people as investors, Mm -hmm. not just charitable givers. Now, charitable giving is an investment, right? Mm -hmm. But it's an investment with with a certain lens. And so we believe that by thinking about donors as investors and business partners as investors, it also gets people to think about the people we serve as rather than needy people, people who are worth investing in. Right? right. So when you develop the return on investment, you're essentially supporting fundamentally people in a different way. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and it's I think critical to the solution. I've said this and I mean it seriously. The people we serve are the biggest part of the solution. By mm-hmm. far. They have the most capacity, the most interest That's right. and the most really willingness and ability to serve themselves. Right. And so we walk along with them. When we bring investors who see the value of that investment over time, it makes that whole message stronger. And and we really fundamentally believe that's how you get the big picture solved. So what you just described that you're doing is right exactly in line with how we see mm-hmm. our work. Mm-hmm. I would say, too, what you mentioned, Jerry, to me is the premise of building community. Right. And so understanding what everyone has to bring to the table, recognizing and honoring that and working together to be able to create those solutions. And that's what nonprofits do very well. They actually are the center and have been for, you know, many, many, many years, um, the center of building and supporting community. And that's what Michigan Nonprofit Association is really geared toward, is really creating nonprofits to be strong in that role and to be able to galvanize the community in a way to be able to reach what I think is an ideal, thriving, vibrant community that creates an opportunity for everyone to contribute and honors that and respects that. Are we still looking for volunteers to help with the census? Always, always looking for volunteers. I know that there are campaigns that are happening across most cities uh, in in the state. In fact, our campaign, if you will, is covering all 83 counties. And so Mm. we're looking at um, volunteers that will be uh, going to our, we have a hub kind of model, if you will. So we have 13 hubs that include community foundations, like the Community Foundation for Southeastern Michigan here uh, in in that area. And then we've got United Ways in some cases, but grant-making organizations that can go deep into their community 
community and provide resources. So if someone's interested in volunteering, again, going to that website that I mentioned, Be Counted, uh, MI. 2020.com, you can actually get that information to see where those hubs are. If they're in your community, no matter where you are in the state, you can say, I would like to get some resources and how can I participate as a community member and making sure my community is 100% counted. And so that that's out there for you as well. So there's an opportunity for our listeners to count, right? That's right. Count and be counted. So uh, go to, we're going to say it again, becountedmi2020.com volunteer, help with the census. It would make a huge difference for all of us in Michigan. This is a very, very important time. So as we wrap up this segment, let me just uh, make an observation about you two. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, I don't know if y'all guys know this about each other or not, but, um, you know, you're you're neither one really nonprofit executives by accident, Mm -hmm. but you started different, didn't you, Donna? I did. I did. You know? Yeah. 22 years in banking. Right. Go figure, right? And, and and then you came over to the good side. Yeah. No, no, I'm just so bad. <laughs> From the darkness to the light, right? right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Sorry, listeners. There. Uh, so, but you know, Jerry, he has uh, his degrees are all in business. Yeah. You know, and I mm. think it's a perspective that is great for the sector. You know, oftentimes I think nonprofits are looked at as good people doing good things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this, what you described as the work of the Michigan Nonprofit Association, as Jerry described, the work of the Food Bank Council and and our network here across the state, you know, it it is about really blending, but it's about finding, you know, the best investors. And what we say is, is we need to find those who win when we win. Right. And now it now it becomes more uh, not just a charitable cause, but right. people begin to look at us like in healthcare and education as business partners. That's right. And I think that's the change mm-hmm. because we bring so much value mm-hmm. across the. Um, we didn't even talk about I mean how many people and how much the value is of the nonprofit sector, but it is outstanding. Yes, it is. I, I would say uh, to you as well as that. You know, thinking about that business aspect, that business acumen that's needed is our work is highly complex. It needs dynamic leaders, right, to be able to do that. And so I'm just glad to be able to be a part of this sector because I think that it is they're extremely intelligent, brilliant people that actually lead um, this sector. And so uh, as much as I can professionalize it. And, mm-hmm. and lift up the work that it's doing, that, that's actually one of my personal missions. So, you know, when she talked about those all those attributes, she was looking at me. Yeah. I, I did notice that. that. Did you notice I did that? Sure. Right. How yeah. could I not yeah. notice yeah. that? Yeah. I just wanted to point think. that out to it you. It is what we all think, doctor. No question about it. Right. She's Donna Murray Brown, and she is the CEO and president for the Michigan Nonprofit Association. Donna, thanks for being Thank our friend and colleague it's and great. most of our it's guest here. here. And uh, thanks for sharing. And thanks for your leadership. Absolutely. And as we say often on this show, thanks for how you're investing. You are one handful of life. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's good to be with you. Thank you. Jerry and I are back to wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan in just a second. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening with us. Jerry Brisson, back with you here in the WJR studio and me, Dr. Phil Knight. Donna Murray-Brown and the 2020 Census, and lots of great topics there, Jerry. It's easy to 
be proud of Donna. I've known her for a long, long time. When she was still in banking is when we first met. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she has been a stalwart advocate for our community. Even while she was in banking, her job was to help figure out the bank's community resources and how they should be spent. So, you know, great to see her. Nice to see her succeed as much as she has and be getting these wonderful awards. And I know you're on her board, and so you get to interact with her quite a bit. Uh, and, you know, what a what a just terrific person. Yeah, she's a delight. And as I said, she's a, she is an exceptional leader. And um, she's, you know, actually, she kind of reminds me of you. I mean, you, you guys think a little bit differently than the rest of us. And maybe that's that business acumen that you've been trained in. But um, it, it, it really does. I, I love one of the things she said at the end there was, uh, the more that I can help professionalize, not just her, but the entire sector, and help people understand that there are really smart, educated, intelligent people who are in this sector working on really difficult, hard problems to solve, and that's what we need in order to be able to solve them. You know, she mentioned 50,000 nonprofits in Michigan, Fifty. I think it's just short of that, but yeah, 50,000. It's uh, it's an astounding number. I mean, it does speak to both the value of the sector, but also calls to mind, you know, we could probably do better. You know, mm. with 50,000 of us, you'd think if we get together in the right ways, we can solve some pretty big problems. So I'm, you know, as a nonprofit leader, I'm challenged by that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm challenged even looking at our own network and to, to try to figure out how do we leverage the expertise that we have and every opportunity we have to, to share resources and work together because, my gosh, that's an awful lot of people. Well, I, I want to talk for just a moment about the importance of the census, um, because, you know, she, she mentioned that Michigan Nonprofit Association has taken a huge leadership role. There are some other nonprofits, statewide nonprofits that are, are doing some of that as well. But um, it, it really is important, and it, it's not just important from, from uh, you know, resources, but that is really important. I mean, I said in the monologue, if you if you're not counted, that's probably about an average of eighteen hundred dollars per year per person a, per person that a community is going to miss out on. And we know all know that. I mean, the fact of the matter is, money gives you options you otherwise don't have. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. And I mean, probably good to repeat. Uh, be counted. Mi twenty twenty dot com. Be counted. Mi twenty twenty dot com. They do need volunteers to help with this count. And, you know, um, we talked about people's dignity for quite a bit on the show, and it's worth repeating, you know, being counted means something beyond the numbers. It means something to people emotionally. It means something to, you know, to people's integrity. I mean, being counted matters. It matters to every single person. And it's engaging in the political process is really really important. So, so I know becountedmi2020.com is the place to go to volunteer, to watch what's happening and to be part of this process of the 2020 census. It is really important. Well, some of the things she talked about too and just briefly here uh, about the work of MNA and and 
so talk a little bit about that, about what what your thoughts, because I thought you were you were pretty impressed by some of the, the high-level things that they're working on. Well, she talked about the pipeline of leadership, and there are a lot of people retiring, and it certainly affects all of us when we're trying to do anything like collective impact. Having people around who really know what they're talking about is important, and bringing good leaders into the pipeline of the nonprofit world is one way to make sure that we have the talent we need to do our work. Uh, she talked about equitable pay. She talked about creating good environments in the nonprofit uh, world to 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 lift up. Uh, the talent that we need, uh, the talent strategy and development, the executive leadership. I mean, really, from from bottom to top or top to bottom, depending on how you want to look at that, focusing on getting the right talent to tackle some of the difficult problems we face, I thought was all very, very important to our to our community. So I was encouraged. I always feel encouraged by Donna. She's a, she's an exciting person and a smart person, and it's easy to feel encouraged when you're in the room with her. But I think all of that's important stuff to be looking at. I think it's important to note, you know, what she over has overcome too, and both her parents working and difficult times. And she reminds me of the Booker T. Washington quote that says, success is is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as but by the obstacles that they've overcome in order to reach. I guess it's time for a little food for thought here. Everyone counts, so let's count everyone. That would be my take on the 2020 census. I think this is a great opportunity to help our neighbors, even our hungry ones, that they count, that they matter. While the stakes are high, I think the bigger opportunity here is to communicate to every person that they matter. They count. Everyone counts, so let's count everyone. After all, most people won't remember 10% of what you said to them 10 minutes after you said it, but they will always remember how you made them feel. So our listeners, sponsors, and fellow food makers, you all count with Jerry and me. And we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. So thanks for making us count. Until next week, remember, it's Food First, folks. Food First. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.